Last week I suggested that a key response to the coronavirus was one of repentance. In view of the fact that we live in an unpredictable and uncertain world, a world that could take any one of us at any time, our most urgent need, says Jesus, is the need to repent while putting our trust in his life, death and resurrection. From the perspective of the New Testament, this is a right, this is a positive response. Sadly, our increasingly secular UK culture thinks very little of repentance. Let's pray this crisis changes that in the weeks and months ahead for many, many, many people. Now, a more negative response to the coronavirus for many of us will be that of anxiety. And that is the theme of today's talk. There are three things I want to say today, and the first is this. Anxiety is sometimes understandable. Anxiety is sometimes an understandable reaction. The Philippians had sent a man named Epaphroditus to take care of the needs of the Apostle Paul. However, in the process of trying to fulfil his mission, Epaphroditus had become ill. In fact, he nearly died. Now, because of his great love for both the Philippians and Epaphroditus, the Apostle Paul was eager to send Epaphroditus back to the Philippians once he had recovered. And in Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes this, But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and here it comes, and I may have less anxiety. Do you see that? Even the great Apostle Paul struggled with anxiety from time to time. Later on in the same letter of Philippians, Paul goes on to write, Do not be anxious about anything. And he uses the present imperative, suggesting that the problem of anxiety in the church of Philippi was a present and ongoing reality. In his first letter, the Apostle Peter exhorts his readers to cast all your anxieties on God because he cares for you. Can you see the assumption is that these first century Christians were struggling with anxiety? Now, for some of us, our anxiety will be a mental health issue. And it may be that we will need to see our GP or some other health professional to help us with panic attacks, phobias, health anxiety, stress, depression, OCD, etc, etc, etc. The fact is some of us will struggle with anxiety more than others. Rather than judge one another, we need to sensitively support and help one another. And this is not something to be ashamed or embarrassed about. Now, having said that anxiety is sometimes understandable, the truth is most of us are not under the same sort of pressure faced by the Apostle Paul in the first century. For some of us, perhaps even the vast majority of us, our anxiety is not a mental health problem so much as a spiritual one. This seems to be the view of Jesus in his famous Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, 
verse 25 to 34. This brings me to the second thing I want to say. First, anxiety is sometimes understandable, and we shouldn't be ashamed or embarrassed by that fact. But the second thing to say is that anxiety demonstrates a lack of faith. For many of us, our anxiety will simply be a demonstration of our lack of faith. The command from Jesus, do not worry, comes three times in Matthew chapter 6. Verse 25, I tell you, do not worry. Verse 31, so do not worry. Verse 34, therefore do not worry. Perhaps this is not what you expect from the greatest therapist of them all. Here I am feeling worry and anxiety and Jesus tells me not to worry, not to be anxious. Surely this is like me having a headache and telling my head to stop hurting. But these are words spoken by someone who knows this life is filled with plenty of worries and anxieties. Verse 34, each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus is not remote or removed from our situation. He does not leave us alone in our worry. He fully identifies with the experience of living amid storms, poverty, hunger, pain, sickness, suffering, and even death. Jesus lived his whole life knowing that suffering and death awaited him. Yet he could still say, do not worry. Well, why not? We're given a clue in the question in verse 25. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Surely there is more to our lives and bodies than food and clothing. Our lives and bodies have significance beyond what we put in them and on them. Jesus came into this world to bring about an eternal rescue and not temporary relief from our daily troubles. Do not worry. Not convinced? Still worried? Still anxious? Jesus knew we'd be hard to persuade. He gives even more reasons in verse 26 to 30. In verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. They are not panic buying in Aldi or stockpiling bird seed. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? It's a rhetorical question for good reason. The answer is yes. Jesus' disciples, you and I, are more valuable than the birds of the air. He feeds them. How much more will he not feed us? A second rhetorical question follows in verse 27. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Can you? No. You really can't. In fact, worrying is statistically more likely to shorten your life rather than extend it. Stress and anxiety have a direct impact on both mental and physical well-being. So stop worrying. We've looked at the birds. Now look out into your garden or your neighbour's garden. Verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. Well, perhaps clothes are not at the top of your list right now. But this particular worry is about much more than clothes. Flowers and grass are identified by the outfit that the Lord dresses them in. A lily looks like a lily. 
A rose like a rose, and grass looks like grass. How they dress represents what species or identity they have been preordained for them by their creator God. They do not labour or spin. They are not stressing about dressing in the right colours. They are not working endless hours to display their identity, their role or their worth. Verse 29, Yet I tell you, not even Solomon, in all his splendour, was dressed like one of these. Solomon, uh, the splendid king who had it all, wisdom, wives, women, wealth, and a wardrobe to match, not even he was as well-dressed as one of these flowers of the field. Verse 30, If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? The policeman, the doctor, the priest and the barrister may all be easily identified and commended for their role and their worth when dressed accordingly. But what if that attire is stripped away? What if all we've ever worked for is suddenly taken away? What if the exams you've spent years preparing for are suddenly cancelled? What if your holiday you saved up for is lost? What if you cannot pay the bills next month? These are real questions, aren't they? Will God clothe us? Does he care about what happens to us tomorrow? Is he concerned about our future? The answer is yes, yes, yes. We are so much more valuable than grass. He cares about both our daily needs and our eternal well-being. Do we have reason to worry? Yes, life at the moment is very troubling. The corona pandemic is very, very, very troubling. Do we have more reasons not to worry? Yes. We are so much more valuable to our Heavenly Father than the birds, the flowers and the grass. So how do we stop worrying? Notice that that little phrase at the end of verse 30, O you of little faith. This is what Jesus sees when he looks into the hearts of his disciples. This is what he sees in you and me. We are people of little faith. Not no faith, but little faith. Faith that is insecure. Faith that shifts its weight to things that cannot hold it. Little faith that frets. Oh, what shall we eat? Oh, no, what, what shall we drink? What, what are we going to wear? Verse 31. Faith that looks at what looms on the horizon of tomorrow and worries. Jesus says to those of little faith, verse 32, The pagans run after all these things, and yet your heavenly Father knows that you need them. You are acting like faithless pagans who have no one to trust but themselves. Here you are stressing about things that you have no control over. This is not you. You have a heavenly father who knows what you need. Now I need to add here that all we've been considering applies only to the Christian. When we give in to anxiety or worry, we are forgetting that we have a heavenly father who cares for our needs and has demonstrated his love for us in sending Jesus to die in our place on the cross. 
God is the creator of all people, yes, but he's only the father of those who put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. According to the Apostle Paul in Romans 8, no one but a Christian can say, Abba, Father. No person, unless the Holy Spirit dwells within them, can truly and really know God as Father and can therefore rely, depend on him. So here is the key thing. If you reflect or meditate on the sheer logic of what Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 25 to 34, if you are in that relationship that is being described in this passage in Matthew chapter 6, then you must realise it is a sin for you to be anxious or worried, because God is your Heavenly Father. And if he takes care of the birds of the air, and clothes the flowers of the field, how much greater will he not care for you and for me, his precious children, who he has redeemed with the precious blood of his own dear son. In the light of this, can you see how absurd worry and anxiety really is? That it is really nothing more than a lack of faith. That it is to be people of little faith. Jesus says, verse 33, no, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Lift up your eyes, look beyond food and clothes. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. The kingdom that Jesus would and has suffered, died and rose for. The kingdom he has secured for you and me for all eternity. A kingdom free from viruses, free from sickness and free from death. A kingdom where Jesus rules forever. Seek this kingdom first. And yet Jesus gives us a further promise of what happens when our fear is replaced by faith in our Heavenly Father and our eyes on his kingdom. Verse 33 again, and all these things will be given to you as well. Your table will not be empty and you will not be left naked. The very things that we worry about, the Lord will provide these things also. This promise should bring us peace for tomorrow and hope for eternity and freedom from worry today, here and now. In Jesus' own words, verse 34, Matthew chapter 6, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Surely the coronavirus pandemic has already taught us all that much already. So first, anxiety is sometimes understandable. And that's nothing to be ashamed or embarrassed about. And yet, second, for many of us, our anxiety will demonstrate our lack of faith. But third and finally, anxiety's answer is humble, dependent prayer. Anxiety's answer is out of humble, dependent prayer. The Apostle Peter, writing to Christians scattered all over the world of the first century, he warned them that their lives will be fraught with trials and suffering before they will enjoy future glory, heavenly glory. 
Here are his words to the gathered assembly of God's people. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Just prior to these verses, Peter writes, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. For some of us, our problem is that we are so full of pride that the last thing we're inclined to do is humble ourselves before our Heavenly Father. At best, casting all our anxieties upon Him will be a last resort once we've tried pretty much everything else in desperation. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, to cast signifies the act of exerting effort to fling something away from yourself and onto someone or something else. What does this mean in practice? Well, the answer, I think, is humble, dependent prayer. The Apostle Paul adds to what the Apostle Peter said here with these words in Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. The the exhortation in verse 6 is made up of, first, a prohibition, and second, a positive alternative. The prohibition do not be anxious about anything, is expressed in terms of a command and echoes the teaching of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. The positive alternative is humble, dependent prayer. The way to be anxious about nothing is to pray about everything, writes Paul. Prayer is the great anxiety blocker. If you are feeling anxious, Pray. If you're worried about tomorrow, pray. If you're perplexed about the future, pray. The promise is that uh, whether the Lord says yes, no, or wait with respect to your prayers, He has promised to give you His very own peace. This gift of God's peace is independent of any answers we may get to our prayers but in a sense is dependent upon us adopting an attitude of humble, dependent, trusting prayer. And verse 7 of Philippians 4 is a great encouragement because it tells us that the Lord is more concerned with us as individuals than he is with our circumstances. Whatever our circumstances, he is most concerned that our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, remain protected. That is, that we continue trusting in Jesus, no matter what. Let us spend the rest of this week reflecting on these words and praying for one another to stop worrying, to stop being anxious, and instead to stand fast in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Let me close in prayer. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as this pandemic continues to unfold, 
Please help us to cast our anxieties upon you in the certain knowledge that you care for us. Help us not to be anxious about anything, but instead pray about everything. Help us to trust and believe that we are more precious to you than food, drink or clothing. If you care for even the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, how much more will you not care for us? Help us to acknowledge to ourselves and others around us that worry and anxiety cannot and will not add a single hour to our lives. Help us to be people of big faith. Please help us not to be like those around us who run after food, drink and clothing, because you know our needs and you are our Heavenly Father. Help us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, in confidence that you will add the things that we need as well. Help us not to worry about tomorrow, since each day has enough trouble of its own. And we ask these things knowing that you hear and answer our prayers, for Jesus' sake. Amen.